For I've had enough of this world and its pleasures. I will arise and go forth to the house of my young. I will arise and go forth to the house of my father. I will arise and go forth to the house of my young. House of my young. Shalom, and welcome to today's teaching on the Hebraic roots of Christianity, where we study first century Christianity and the faith that Jesus, whose Hebrew name is Yeshua, which means salvation, taught his disciples. And now, Hebraic roots teacher Eddie Chumney of Hebraic Heritage Ministries International. Shalom. I'm Eddie Chumney of Hebraic Heritage Ministries, and we welcome you to today's teaching on the subject, The Journey of the Bride. This is part seven of the series. The bride of Yeshua is an heir of the promised land. Galatians chapter 3 verse 16, Now to Abraham and his seed were the promises made. And if you are Messiah's, then are you Abraham's seed and an heir according to the promise. So what is one of the things that Abraham was promised? A land. The bride of Messiah is an heir of this promised land. In Isaiah chapter 14 verse 1, it is written, For the Lord will have mercy on Jacob and will choose Israel in and set them in their own land. And so the bride of Yeshua has a physical promised land. That's the land of Israel where Yeshua's bride is going to live with Yeshua when during the Messianic era, Isaiah chapter 2, verses 2 and 3, that Yeshua is going to be teaching the Torah to all nations because out of Zion shall go forth the Torah. So it's literally got to go forth from Jerusalem, the city, but Zion is a term for the people of the God of Israel. It's a term for the bride of Yeshua. So the bride of Yeshua is going to be teaching along with Yeshua his Torah to the nations during the thousand year Messianic era. And she will be living with him in Jerusalem and she will be teaching the Torah and doing his will as well during that time. And so doing his will is also a part of what he promised her and her promised land. So in the journey of the bride, the bride is called out by the Messiah. There's a marriage. The pattern is that she breaks the covenant. She's unfaithful and so therefore she's exiled from him. But his love for her is so strong that he wants to lay down his life. He wants to redeem her. He wants restoration. He wants reconciliation. But she has to have a change of heart. And so he has to remove that stony heart, give her a heart of flesh, put his Torah and write it upon her heart and give her the indwelling Holy Spirit and spiritual gifts so that she can be faithful and obedient to him. Then he can bring her to Mount Zion where he's going to complete the second stage of the marriage and marry her, rule and reign with her, and spend forever with her, ultimately in the New Jerusalem. So Jeremiah chapter 3, verse 14, Turn, O backsliding children, says the Lord, I am married unto you. I will take you, one of a city, a two of a family, I will bring you to Zion. I'm married to you, I will bring you to Zion. The marriage takes place in Mount Zion. 
Jeremiah chapter 3, verse 18. In those days, the house of Judah will walk with the house of Israel, and they will come together out of the land of the north of the land that I've given as an inheritance to the fathers. So the bride of Yeshua is called in the scriptures the house of Jacob. And in the history of the literal house of Jacob, following what happened at Mount Sinai, when they went into the land of Israel, when they were under the rulership of King David and King Solomon, following the days of King Solomon, the house of Jacob was split in the northern kingdom and southern kingdom. And then ultimately the promise in the Torah and the prophets is at the end of days there be a gathering uniting of the 12 tribes of Israel. So the return of northern kingdom and southern kingdom from exile when they return to the land of Israel and are united in the land of Israel, the end of the exile and the uniting of northern kingdom and southern kingdom in the land of Israel is likened to a marriage in and the marriage of Yeshua to his bride. And the bride can only be comforted in her bridegroom when she repents and returns to him, but she has to return to the Torah and she will then ultimately through her return and repentance she's called to identify with the covenant made with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob and she will receive the inheritance of the promises that was made to Abraham Isaac and Jacob. Isaiah chapter 51 verses 1 through 3 it is written, Hearken to me you that follow after righteousness, you that seek the Lord. Now if you're following after righteousness in the right way that Yeshua the bridegroom wants his bride to live it's to follow the Torah by his spirit. Look unto Abraham your father and to Sarah that bear you. That means understand and make an association and a connection in your heart and your mind and identify with the covenant that was made with Abraham, Isaac and Jacob because identifying with the covenant made with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob is the way that the Lord will comfort Zion. And so given that Yeshua's bride departed from his Torah and departed from him, given that in the history of the nation of Israel that they were scattered in the nations, the northern kingdom was taken captive by the Assyrians, the southern kingdom by the Babylonians. Yeshua, the bridegroom, is also the good shepherd and he's going to call for his bride to repent and he's going to gather the exiles of Israel. Jeremiah chapter 31 verse 10. Hear the word of the Lord, O you nations, and declare it in the isles afar off and say, he that scattered Israel will gather him and keep him as a shepherd as his flock. So the one that scattered Israel is also going to be the one that gathers Israel. And the one that gathers Israel is going to do so as a shepherd. Yeshua is the good shepherd. He's the one that's gathering Israel. He's the one that's that's calling his bride back to him, calling her to repent. That means he also scattered her. And the one that scattered her entered into marriage relationship with her at Mount Sinai and giving her his Torah. So the comfort of Zion is the end of her exile or the end of her separation separation from her bridegroom. Jeremiah chapter 31, verse 12 and verse 13. Therefore they will come and sing in the height of Zion. So her restoration and her return and the joy of it is going to be associated with singing and dancing and celebration. And she is going to be comforted from her sorrows, from departing from him, departing from his Torah and serving other husbands, serving other gods. Jeremiah chapter 31, verse 13. Then will the virgin rejoice in the dance, both young men and old 
one together. I will turn their mourning, which came about from exile and breaking the covenant, departing from the Torah, into joy. That's restoration. That's reconciliation. And I will comfort them. The song of Zion, the song that the bride is going to sing, is the Lord's song, is singing the praises of her bridegroom for redeeming her. Psalm 137 verse 3. For there, that is by the rivers of Babylon, Psalm 137 verse 1, those that carried us away captive required of us a song, and they that wasted us or took us into captivity required of us mirth, saying, sing us one of the songs of Zion. And the reply is in Psalm 137 verse 4, how, how shall we sing the Lord's song, which is proclaiming his salvation and proclaiming his redemption and deliverance of his bride when she's out in the world in Egypt and Babylon and walking after the flesh and walking after her carnal mind when she's in a strange land. So the song of Zion is the song of the lamb. The song that the bride sings is the praises of her bridegroom to redeem her and deliver her from her captivity. Revelation chapter 15 verse 3 and they sing the song of Moses the servant of God and they sing the song of the lamb saying great and marvelous are your works, Lord God Almighty. Just and true are your ways, thou King of saints. So, Zion is a biblical term that refers to the end of the captivity, end of the exile of the bride. It refers to her no longer breaking the covenant, being unfaithful, departing from the Torah, and being in captivity to those who took her into captivity and oppressed her, other gods. But Zion is a term for the ending of the exile and captivity captivity and a return back to her bridegroom. Psalm 147 verse 2, the Lord builds up Jerusalem, he gathers together the outcasts of Israel. And so the building up of Jerusalem is the same as the building up of Zion, and the building up of Jerusalem gathering the outcasts of Israel is Isaiah chapter 11 verse 12. And he will set a banner for the nations, he will assemble the outcasts of Israel and gather together the dispersed of Judah from the four corners of the earth. Yeshua is going to return when he gathers the exiles of Zion from the nations of the world where she's been scattered. Yeshua is going to return when he ends the exile and the captivity of his bride and when she fully returns to him. Psalm 102 verse 13. You will arise and you will have mercy on Zion for the time to favor her the set time has come. So there's going to be a time when Yeshua is going to favor his bride and be jealous for her and zealous for her and for her well-being and endeavor to deliver her from her enemies and to redeem her unto himself where they are going to complete the second stage of the marriage at Mount Zion. Psalm 102 verse 16, when the Lord will build up Zion, he will appear in his glory. So Rebbe Schneerson explains in the book in the Garden of Torah that the exodus from Egypt is connected to the final redemption. And spiritually speaking, that Yeshua calling his bride out of Egypt, out of Babylon, the world and the world's system is connected to her ultimate redemption and deliverance and overcoming this world and the world system, overcoming the ways of her flesh and her carnal mind and her final redemption where she is living and dwelling with him forever in the new Jerusalem. So once again,
again, the journey of the bride is to leave Egypt and Babylon, the ways of the world, the world system, hear the call of her bridegroom, and he is going to enter into marriage with her and ultimately take her to Mount Zion. That's why it says in Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 23, he brought us out from there that he might bring us in to give us a land that he swore to our fathers. So you're leaving Egypt, but ultimately you go through the wilderness. The wilderness is a picture of living through this world and the trials and the travails of this world, but the wilderness also represents the exile into the nations, but the redemption is to bring you to the messianic era when Messiah is going to rule and reign and dwell with his bride. And this is the land that she's been promised. But he's going to send out prophets. He's going to send out those to her and call her back from her departure from him in breaking the covenant. And so we're told in Isaiah chapter 27 verse 13, and it will come to pass in that day that the great trumpet shall be blown and they shall come which were ready to perish in the land of Assyria and the outcasts in the land of Egypt. So spiritually, Assyria and Egypt represents her disobedience and breaking the covenant and going back into the world and the world system and being in captivity there in her time of disobedience. So Yeshua is going to blow the shofar to call her back. Where does she have to hear that shofar in her heart? So she has to have a change of heart, have to have a change of thinking, a change of mind. She's going to have to repent, return to him, and through his shed blood, he's going to forgive her of her sins. He's going to make a new covenant with her, write his Torah upon her heart, and give her his indwelling Holy Spirit so that she can be brought to Mount Zion, and she will worship him in Mount Zion in the holy mountain of God. And so Isaiah chapter 27 verse 13 says, she will worship the Lord in the holy mount at Jerusalem. And so in this journey of returning to her bride, bridegroom, the bride of Yeshua must receive his Torah, have it read upon her heart by the Holy Spirit. So once again, Ezekiel chapter 36, verses 26 and 27, a new heart will I give you, a new spirit will I put within you. I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and to keep my judgments and do them. And so the bride in her unfaithfulness to her vows and breaking the covenant and being controlled by the flesh and walking after the world, the world system, and the ways of the world, according to her carnal mind, she has to return and she has to have a new heart and have a renewing of the marriage relationship with Yeshua. And so that's why Paul testifies in Romans chapter 7, verse 22, that he delights in that Torah after the inward man. And so the bride that pleases Yeshua is redeemed by his blood and the relationship with him has been renewed after she was initially unfaithful and his Torah is written upon her heart and the Torah written upon her heart is the will of God so that she can do the will of God but she has to be led by the Holy Spirit. That's why Paul writes in Romans chapter 8 verse 4 that the righteousness of the Torah is fulfilled in us who do not walk after the flesh in the world and the ways of the world but after the Holy Spirit. And so that's why the bride of Yeshua follows his Torah by his Spirit. Romans chapter 8 verse 9. For you are not in the flesh 
flesh, but in the Spirit. So if the Spirit of God dwells in you, for as many as are led by the Spirit, the same are the sons of God. So a son of God is a term that refers to one who is obedient. And the bride's obedience to the bridegroom is expressed by being obedient to his Torah. And so therefore, he's going to bring her to Mount Zion, which initially the Messianic era and Yeshua ruling and reigning and setting up his Messianic kingdom, where he teaches the Torah to all nations from Jerusalem, is bringing his bride to her end destination to Mount Zion. We're told in Isaiah chapter 2, verse 3, for out of Zion shall go forth the Torah and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. So since Zion is a term for the people of the God of Israel, Isaiah chapter 51, verse 16, Zion is a term for the bride of Yeshua. And in the marriage relationship between Yeshua and his bride, he gives her his Torah and wants his Torah to be written upon her heart. Once she receives that Torah and is led by the Holy Spirit, then she's to teach his Torah to the nations. And so out of Zion, out of the bride of Yeshua, during the Messianic era, will go forth the Torah in the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. But ultimately, the bride of Yeshua is going to rule and reign forever with Yeshua when the thousand years are over in the time of the new heavens and the new earth in Revelation in chapter 21 and the bride of Yeshua is going to dwell forever with him in the heavenly Jerusalem and that's where the heart of the bride has to be is to follow Yeshua in the spirit and not in the flesh when you follow Yeshua and follow his Torah in the spirit and not according to the flesh then you're following after the Jerusalem from above which is free which Paul says is the mother of us all which is Mount Zion, the heavenly Jerusalem. That's why it says in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 22, that the bride of Yeshua has come to Mount Zion under the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem. And so the new Jerusalem is the eternal abode of the bride of Yeshua. Revelation chapter 21, verses 9 and 10. And there came unto me one of the seven angels and talked with me, saying, Come, I will show you the bride, the Lamb's wife. And he carried me away in the spirit to a great and high mountain. The great and the high holy mountain is Mount Zion. Jerusalem is called Mount Zion. And he showed me that great city, the holy Jerusalem. And so the new Jerusalem is the eternal city of the bride of Yeshua. And Mount Zion is the city of the great king. Psalm 48 verse 2. Beautiful for situation. The, the joy of the whole earth is Mount Zion on the sides of the north, the city of the great king. And so Yeshua, the bridegroom, he dwells in Zion. That's his home. That's his domain as well as the domain of his bride. Isaiah chapter 8 verse 17. And I will wait upon the Lord that hides his face from the house of Jacob and I will look for him. Who is the one that we look for? The Messiah. His coming, both at his first and the second coming, and his redemptive work to redeem his bride. Then it says in Isaiah chapter 8 verse 18, the one that we're looking for, the Messiah. It says, I and the children of Israel, whom the Lord has given me, are for signs and for wonders in Israel, from the Lord of hosts, who dwells in Mount Zion. And so, what then, ultimately, does biblical Zion look like? It's the oneness, or the unification, of the people of the God of Israel. Zion is his people, Isaiah chapter 51, verse 16, who is married to her bridegroom, that's Yeshua, and she 
has made Yeshua not only her husband, but Savior and Lord of her life. And she desires and endeavors to follow his Torah. But in order for her to follow his Torah in the way that's pleasing to him, that she needs his spirit to do so. And she will inherit the promises that he has made to her her in being her bride and she will inherit her promised land which is the fulfillment of the covenant promises that was made to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And so that's why we're told in Revelation chapter 22 verse 17 that the spirit in the bride of Yeshua say come and let him that hears come and whoever is thirsty come. So taking this back to Hebraic thought and perspective, here is Shema in Deuteronomy chapter 6 verse 4 is here Shema O Israel and so if the bride or anyone is going to hear they're going to follow the Torah so the bride ultimately is going to follow Yeshua's Torah by his spirit so the spirit is calling out to hear and to come the bride is crying out to hear Yeshua's Torah and to come if they're thirsty after him whoever will let him take of the water of life freely and so this is the invitation that Yeshua extends to his bride and to the world all those who want to live forever with him and be his bride Revelation 22 verse 17 the spirit and the bride say come and that's why we're looking forward to that day and that time and that's why we cry out these words from Revelation 22 even so come Lord Yeshua so this is going to conclude our teaching on the journey of the bride. And in this teaching, we saw that the reason that Yeshua created the heavens and the earth is that he longed and desired to have a bride that would follow his Torah, that he could show his love unto. But he wanted a bride who would love him freely in return and loved him and loved his Torah and wanted to seek and to do his will. And we see in Yeshua reaching out to have this bride that ultimately that relationship is going to be a marriage relationship, which is a covenant relationship. But in making that relationship, she then becomes unfaithful to him, breaks the covenant, parts from his Torah, but his love for her is so strong and so great that he does not want to see a broken relationship. He wants to see a restoration of the relationship. He wants to see reconciliation. He wants to see her have a change of heart. And so that change of heart comes about through repentance, that if she would repent and show a humble heart, that he promised to redeem her by his shed blood, that he would lay down his life for her and he would renew the relationship and make it better than what it was even in the beginning. And that better relationship comes with her change of heart, with her having heart surgery. And he then is going to write his Torah upon his heart and give her his spirit and the gifts of the spirit so that she can be a 
faithful bride unto him to do his will, and she would dedicate herself to him, to his kingdom, and to bear fruit for his kingdom, and to teach his ways to others. So I pray that this teaching on the journey of the bride has been a blessing to you, and it has encouraged you to desire to be Yeshua's bride and live forever with him in the new Jerusalem. Shalom in Yeshua the Messiah. Amen. Well, that's going to conclude part seven of the series on the subject, The Journey of the Bride. Shalom in Yeshua the Messiah. Amen. Thank you, Eddie. This is Stephen Morgan, and all of us here at Hebraic Heritage Ministries pray that you have enjoyed today's teaching. If you've been blessed, will you help us to share this message with others? Hebraic Heritage Ministries is supported by your generous financial gifts. In order to help you in your studies and to help us share this message with others, we are offering today the DVD, Yeshua the Lawgiver, for free for a love gift of any amount to the ministry. Hebraic Heritage Ministries also offers a monthly discipleship program. If you are interested in starting a fellowship group in your area, let us know. We would like to help you. Please contact us for more details. Our website is hebroots.org. That's H-E-B-R-O-O-T-S dot O-R-G. We would like to hear from you. Please send us an email. Finally, in order to take advantage of today's free offer, please mention this product offer and... Please mail your love gift to Hebraic Heritage Ministries, P.O. Box 81, Strasburg, that's S-T-R-A-S-B-U-R-G, Ohio, 44680. Until next time, may Yeshua richly bless you.